Many of my curious colleagues who have been following over the past few years know that I've been trying to kind of ratchet up my health and wellness habits to feel better and stronger after successful chemo. And one of those habits I'm working on is drinking more water. And this is where Liquid IV comes in. Liquid IV is the category winning hydration brand fueling your well-being. And it's their hydration multiplier that's the one product you're missing in your daily routine. What's nice about it, it's just this one stick and in it you get five essential vitamins, B3, B5, B6, B12, and vitamin C. And get this, it's two times faster hydration than water alone. So you could use it first thing in the morning, maybe before a workout, or when you're feeling run down. One of the things I love most about it is its efficiency. If anyone has seen me, I'm typically surrounded by one to two glasses of water, or a big old jug of water that I sometimes forget to bring to work. And what's nice is Liquid IV is efficient. And the flavor that's working for me right now is their wild berry. But there's a couple new ones that are out as well that you got to try. Two times faster, and like I said, more efficiently than water alone. And it's three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks. It's made with premium ingredients. It's non-GMO and free from gluten, dairy, and soy. So this is what you're going to do. You're going to go ahead, treat yourself to 20% off, and use code MYCURIOUSCOLLEAGUE at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code MYCURIOUSCOLLEAGUE. And don't forget to use the special link in my show notes. Welcome to the My Curious Colleague podcast with your host, me, Denise Finneri. We'll be talking all things consumer relations with a focus on consumer product goods organizations and the brand specialist and analyst roles and responsibilities. So if you like CPGs, like I like CPGs, marketing, insights, and caring deeply for your consumers, well, take a listen. Hello, my curious colleagues. This week, my guest is my colleague, Gotham Kanamuru. Hi, Gotham. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm definitely excited to be here. Yeah, so truth be told, I'm jumping in for a quick intro of Gotham because I forgot to ask him. So for those colleagues who don't know him, Gotham is the co-founder and CEO of Yogi, a product sentiment analysis platform that enables brands to gain deeper visibility into customer feedback and voice of customer. With a background in AI and natural language processing, he played a crucial role in developing Microsoft products including Cortana and Xbox. Before co-founding Yogi, Gotham was the Vice President of Engineering at Clark AI and a Program Manager at Microsoft. And you are here to help me understand things because I'm very curious, as you know. This is the other thing I know, and I know that ratings and reviews are hot, hot, hot right now, right? Personally, you know, I don't make a move without looking at them, mm -hmm. especially for big ticket items, but even for, you know, fast moving consumer product goods as well. And um, the other thing I know that's hot, 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 or even hotter is that companies are listening to what consumers are saying. They've always done that to, um, to their feedback through this digital channel more, it seems. 
I mean, it was like social media channel 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. That was like the sexy when that came on, on the scene, people were like, Oh my goodness, we now have to care for consumers, which is great in social media, but everybody can see it. Well, you know, to me from my vantage point, and you probably heard this ratings and reviews are like, okay, everybody can see it. Yep. And typically it's a larger sample size, right? Sometimes it's on your website. Uh, sometimes it's on others. So it gets a little, you know, complicated. So let me take a breath right there and then just go right into it. Why don't you talk about what you all are doing at Yogi and maybe start off with, this will be a double question. What's the role of this tool? And also be sure to touch on like, what's on the back end? Mm. Yep. And what, yep. what yeah. makes that work? I've heard some buzzwords, but I want to hear from you. Yeah. Yeah. No, all, all great questions. So yeah, like you mentioned, I mean, reviews and ratings are starting to become uh, just right in the spotlight for for a lot of folks, um, especially since COVID. A lot of people are buying stuff online, and yeah, you it's hard to miss or kind of avoid what your what your star rating is on a lot of these platforms, right? It, it's not possible to hide behind it, um, and so what we do at Yogi is we are a reviews and ratings analysis platform. So our entire laser focus is on helping brands really understand what is going on in their reviews and ratings and using that information to kind of take a step forward and really just get that holistic view on what shoppers like and dislike about your products. And the second dimension of that is actually uh, giving you the ability to compare that to competitors as well, which is also a, a very important piece because when you think of just us as shoppers, right? If we're picking a new toothpaste, for example, we're, we're not toothpaste experts, but we're going to go on something like Amazon and we're going to narrow it down to three choices and we're going to read the reviews for the three choices and pick the one that we want. So just really understanding what's going on in competitors and being able to compare yourself is, is the other key part of, of what we do. And the way that it works in the background is, uh, like you alluded to, a lot of buzzwords. So natural language processing, um, a lot of big data analysis. And I think everybody's maybe favorite buzzword right now, AI or, or artificial in intelligence. So really ever since we we started the company in kind of 2019, AI has been a big part of it. Me and my co-founder were both AI engineers by, by trade. Um, and so this is a space that we've been playing a lot with that I think a lot of people are focusing on now. But the simplest way to think about it is the way that we use AI in the background is we're analyzing millions, tens of millions of data points. Um, and it's not possible for a human to, or not reasonable to ask a human to read tens of millions of data points and tell you what do people like and what don't they like. So that is what AI is really helping us automate in, in the background. Okay. First of all, God bless you. AI engineer. That's fantastic. I think I understood some of those acronyms. Uh, well, you talked about nat natural language processing and NLP. I've seen that. Um, you talk, of course, about AI, artificial intelligence. You did not say text analytics, or mm. is that considered AI? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. So the, the best way to think of it is text analytics tends to fall in the umbrella of natural language processing. Oh, okay. Right? Thanks. So, yeah, I think the, a lot of things that happen with these buzzwords is one tends to 
build on top of the other. And so, uh, so yeah, so text analytics is another great kind of synonym or buzzword that, or buzz phrase probably that you could throw in there. Perfect. So I like to think like key business questions. So, you know, I'm in consumer relations, but I'm working with our marketers day in and day out who I love. I love that gang. And, um, anywho, what might be thinking like a marketer now, what might be some key business questions that your tool would answer? Yeah. 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 No, it's, 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 I think it's the important thing, right? Like the thing that I always like to say about whether it's Yogi or any other tool is, Hey, we have to be useful. We have to be answering um, some important <laughs> questions in order for, for this to be, be valuable. <laughs> so for us, really what we're focused on is almost any question that can be tied to shopper sentiment or consumer sentiment. So if you want to understand, Hey, what do people think about, let's just go back to the toothpaste example. What do people think about my toothpaste versus the competition? What about when they talk about the aftertaste of the product? Does it come up more in my product or does it come up more in the market? What are the biggest complaints that come about our product and how does that compare to, to the rest of the market? So the thing that happens when you look at a rich data source like reviews and ratings is people are going to tell you both the good and the bad in, in these comments. And so when you can average that across thousands, tens of thousands of data points, you're going to be able to get to the point where you can say, Hey, we are a toothpaste manufacturer and we're really overperforming when it comes to taste and price and value and how white people feel like their teeth are. But when it comes to freshness of breath, for example, we're actually underperforming the market from that case. So now as a marketer downstream, what can I do with that? I can make sure I adjust my product pages online or my marketing claims to emphasize what we're good at. I can know that, hey, we're really beating this competitor on X attribute, so let's target them with that. And then I can also at least have data to go to the product teams and the R&D teams to be like, hey, I think these are some things that we should look at changing um, with our next reformulation or our next innovation product. I love looking for gaps, mm -hmm. easily looking for gaps. So let me just comment. I think the competitor piece is very cool, right? Because, you know, what is that called? Scanner data, you know, IRI, well now called Circana and, and whatnot. You know, they've been doing that for years where you could actually, you know, buy that service where you're looking at your performance of your products and your competitor competitors. Now in the to do that with ratings and reviews, you know, I myself and or my brand would have to go to each one of those websites and and I don't even know how they would go to the stores to and store websites mm -hmm. and look at those, you know, manually, pretty much. So that I think is a real win. And it's something that consumer relations data does not capture. Like if someone calls a toll-free number, you know, 1-800 number or post on social media, emails us, live chat, or even, you know, they're, they're not, or even ratings and reviews on my website, they're not always going, they're not going to tell you what, mm -hmm. you know, our competitors are doing. So I think that that's really a, a cool white space that that fills in. Yep. The, the, yeah. 
Well, who's to say though that I'm not getting that currently and and me as just a regular old person, consumer relations, you know, I know that there's tech stacks out there that are going in and can aggregate for you and, you know, give me your, give me my top products, some basic probably analysis, right? Because you have to have a tool if you got a big sample size. You have you have to have a tool to monitor, decide what your maybe your consumer affairs team is going to respond to, or if marketing's doing that, and you know report it as well. So most likely, people have something to help them do that with the ratings and reviews. So what happens? Do you do you kind of put that aside and then say, "Here, Yogi, you do it," or? How's that yeah. working in your, from your vantage point? Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I, I think what we've what we've generally seen is <clears throat> pretty much all businesses. If you sell something online, you know the importance of reviews and ratings. And since you know the importance of it, you probably have put in some sort of let's just say workflow or maybe a tool in place to help you give some visibility. What we've seen 98% of these, these tools do really is they're going to tell you, hey, what is your star rating across these different retailers? And what is your volume of reviews across these different retailers, right? And that has become kind of this easy proxy for, oh, hey, we went from a 4.7 to a 4.6. Okay, maybe we have to look at, at that product. And so it, it, it's kind of become this, this quantitative like measure. I think the other thing that we see across companies is just the overall within an organization, they'll sort of have a KPI internally. Like, hey, we want every one of our products to be above a 4.3 star rating, for example. But where, where tool, like where Yogi comes in and where we take that current solution and kind of 10 times it is um, sort of across like two two fronts. The first one is really understanding what people are talking about in those reviews, right? So when you when you drop from the four point seven to a four point five or a four point four or something, mm-hmm. it's like okay, why did that happen? Is that because of a change that we made? Is it because of a change that a competitor made? Did some external event happen that caused people to reinterpret how they like this product? Oh, now there's this new ingredient that apparently has some detrimental health effects. Everybody's realized that this product or think that this product might include it, for example. All of those different kind of interesting factors. The second thing that we also help with is giving overall market context on what's going on. So one of like the best examples, we had a client that came to us and said, hey, our internal benchmark for products is a 4.2. If it doesn't matter if, and they made like 10 different categories. As long as we're at a 4.2, everybody in the company is happy. And when they dove into Yogi, what they found is for some categories, that was great. But for other categories, the overall market average was like a 4.5. And so, okay, you, yeah, maybe you hit your internal company benchmark of a 4.2 star rating, but if all your competition is sitting at a 4.5, like that's not good enough, um, essentially. And so that's really the information that we're able to provide. And once you know why things are happening, you can make the downstream decisions to, to essentially fix it. So that's kind of where tools like, like Yogi come in. And it, it ends up becoming a, and a lot of times it, it ends up replacing uh, an internal process or tool. But what we found is in a lot of ways, it ends up 
saving a, a lot of people time because what tends to happen with their current processes is they'll see a dip in star rating and then immediately have to go on Amazon and start reading reviews to understand why it's happening. And they no yeah. longer have to do that. Um, and they can look at yeah. it at a much grander scale. Okay. Thank you for that. Is is Yogi, though, do, I, I'm getting the sense that Yogi is not for consumer relations. Like, Yogi is not there for you to respond and get, you know, a team to to react to and push that out and then pull that into maybe your CRM. Am I correct? It's, it's not for that? So we do have like a few use cases that touch on that. But the interesting paradigm that started to happen with reviews and ratings actually is a lot of retailers have been starting to shut off the capability to respond to reviews. So Amazon, you used to be able to respond to reviews. You can't do that anymore. I think Walmart has either restricted or maybe there's rumors that they'll shut off kind of responding to reviews um, as well. So the engagement piece of it has kind of started to more through just decisions that retailers are making. It's starting to, to um, dwindle a little bit where the usefulness has come and where we, we tend to see kind of, kind of consumer relations and consumer affairs folks shoulder to shoulder with marketing folks using Yogi is to put, um, to almost help frame a lot of the complaints or, or kind of comments that are coming in. For example, hey, we, we got in an abnormal amount of complaints about our, whatever it is, aftertaste, for example, into sort of uh, the phone calls that we've been getting. Hey, we're able to supplement that with what we're seeing in reviews. Oh, we saw an equal increase there. And we know the rest of the market is not suffering from this. And so now that becomes the end-to-end -end package that you can present to anybody in the company to make the clear business case that a change has to be made. Got it. All right, I apologize, I apologize for pursuing this, but again, you know, I don't know anything about software, but um, I respect it. Would it sit on top of other things potentially that consumer relations have? So to like yeah, give it deeper, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, a lot of times what we see is uh, it almost depends on a case-by-case -case basis based on how integrated each kind of uh, team is with various data sources. So if, if they already have kind of, let's say, some visibility into reviews through like a bizarre voice or a power reviews type type system, for example, and that's coming into whatever kind of overall CRM help desk kind of software is being used, then it's possible for Yogi to help supplement that. Okay. Yeah. And then also bring in other information that may not be covered by those systems because the way that our system works is we have this big, the first layer of Yogi is this big aggregation layer. And so what that is, is we're going to pretty much build like a, a database of reviews and ratings that are important for your brand or for your for your products. And so that can consist of maybe some reviews on your website, which would be on a Power Reviews or a Bizarre Voice or a Yacht Po, but also on Amazon and also your yeah. competitor data as well. So then that's what you have. You have this huge database and you can start playing and asking questions. Got it. Yep. Wow. Well, how would we work together? Let's say, let's say, you know, we wanted to implement 
I'm not here on my website to promote any any tool. I'm really kind of agnostic. But if someone were to work with you, like what would that way of working look like to set it up and down the road? Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's a great question. At the end of the day, honestly, the way that we've tried to, to build our system is to make it as little lift as possible. So what we truly need at the end of the day to set up for a client is just a list of products. Um, so it's just purely, hey, what what products does your brand care about? Is it all your products? Okay, great. Is it these three competitors or is it five competitors, so on or so forth? Because what what we also have in the background, um, and it's 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 got sort of another application of AI um, in in our background outside of analyzing the text is we have pretty much built out this capability to almost scour the internet and find all the relevant listings for the products that are shared with us. So we, we have a system that can essentially, it, it can pretty much look at an Amazon page and a Walmart page and a target page like a human would and recognize, oh, this is the same product on these three retailers. So I have to group them together and group their reviews together. And so it's a, it's a, it's one of those systems where it, it's really interesting because at face value, it seems very simple. But when you think at, of the scale of tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of products across 20 different retailers, it gets pretty crazy. Yeah. But that's a system that we have in place to just make it easy to, to get folks to, to set up Yogi. So at the end of the day, what it honestly boils down to is, hey, what products do you care about? And hmm. we'll kind of take care of the rest. Okay. And then now I'm getting really granular, but what's, how long does it take from you asking that question, you press the, the button so it can go out and just like scan all these other places and find out where your products are. You know, is that a three month implementation? Is it less than that? More than that? Yep. Yep. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It's, and I'm sure it varies. Gotham. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, there, there's some some variation based on the size, but honestly, it it's it's never been three months. So it's actually a few weeks for us at, at okay. the end of the day. So I think that's the the power of kind of having technology and, and AI in the background is it does things much faster. <laughs> yeah, it would take me a little bit longer and three months <laughs> to do it manually. Let's talk about the future. What do you see as the future of Ratings and re well, you say reviews and ratings. So let me rephrase it. Where do you see the future of reviews and ratings? Yeah, yeah. Honestly, I didn't even notice that I say reviews and ratings until you mentioned it. So really, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I guess I, I feel like I'm cool now. I feel like I've been saying it wrong before. Yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe it sh should be ratings and reviews. I guess alphabetically, ratings becomes before reviews. Well, you know what? On a podcast, it's referred to as ratings and reviews, I think. Mm. Maybe that's where I'm picking it up. Okay. Okay. Yep. Yep. All right. The future yeah. of this R&R. &R. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So honestly, the future of uh, ratings and reviews are, um, it's actually very, very, I think we're going to see a ton of change in the space in the next eight to 12 months. And, and I'll, I'll explain why. So chat GPT and all this kind of stuff has, has exploded everybody um, from my six-year-old cousin using it on school assignments to my like 
parents using it for yeah like uh shopping lists and stuff like that like everybody is is, is using this, this this technology but uh, one of the fascinating things that has happened is all the big tech companies are very leaning in hard into this, this type of technology. So Amazon is obviously going to start to make uh, experience changes based on this. So they've already come out with one in beta, which is AI review summaries. So the best way to think of this is... And if you go to example to the if you have the Amazon app on your phone and you go to the Dyson air purifier, essentially, and scroll down to the reviews, what will happen is they'll give you the breakdown of, oh, this product has a 4.3 star rating. But then instead of showing you the text, they're actually giving you a paragraph of, hey, this is what people said positively about the product. And this is what people said negatively about the product. And then you can see the actual text of the reviews. So pretty much what this is doing is for shoppers like, like us that read 10 to 20 reviews before we decide which one to buy, this actually removes that the need to do that. Now we can just read the summary and understand, oh, this is a loud air purifier. I'm not looking for a loud air purifier. Okay, I'm going to jump to the next one. And so pretty much what it's done is... <clears throat> Uh, that previous way of looking at, at things of, oh, we just have to make sure we have a high star rating, no longer is the baseline because the content of the review is much easier to get to for shoppers. They're, they don't even have to spend two minutes reading reviews. They can spend five seconds reading the summary and they're, they're good yeah. to go. So that is going to cause a lot of change in, in shopper behavior downstream. The other interesting change, so if you think of that as like the first step of this whole chat GPT-like experience for, for shoppers. The second step is actually one that Google has been demoing. So their, their chat GPT competitor, it's called Bard, B-A-R-D. And they showed it a demo that actually some people can get access to if you, if you get beta access to the platform of this concept that we're calling buying guides. So what it is, is you can go onto Google and type in what is the best inflatable pool for my family of two older boys and one younger girl, for example? And what it's going to do is process all the information that it has and essentially tell you, hey, since you're looking for an inflatable pool with a family of five, it's really important to keep it in mind that you need a certain size you need it to be sturdy because you want it to last more than a few years and you want it to be use not use certain plastics for example and then what they're going to do is give you like five suggestions essentially of hey if you're looking for the one that's the cheapest here's a good option if you're looking for the one that is going to last the longest here's a good option so if you think of that experience um, what ends up happening is reviews and ratings are a huge feeder into that system like the way that it's going to know this yeah. is a great one for lasting long is not going to be oh the the brand said it. Every brand is going to say their inflatable pool lot is going to last 10 years. It's going to be in the reviews who act, which consumers actually say it. And the reason that we think that second experience is going to start to be super sticky is it removes a big tension point for shopping when you're going through that exploration phase. Um, and I'll just give an, an example. So about two weeks ago, our TV went on the fritz. Like it just, it just stopped working. So this past weekend, I decided, okay, I'm going to I'm going to buy a new TV. So I think it was like 
11 a.m. on Saturday, I started to do some research on TVs. Next thing you knew, it was like 2 p.m. I was super frustrated. I had like 15 tabs open and we still do not have a TV because I just couldn't decide which one to buy. But with this new experience, I should be able to go to something like Bard and just be like, this is my scenario. What do you suggest is the best TV? It'll give me three options and I can narrow it down from three options to one option very easily. And so it's just like, there's going to be a lot of different paradigm experiences and reviews and ratings that are going to be a huge feeder into this. So when you take a step back, brands understanding what's going on in this data source becomes five to 10 times more important because it's going to influence not only what people are purchasing, but kind of from an SEO perspective, like does your product show up when you want it to show up? Mm -hmm. I was going to, this is, again, all I know is I picked up the SEO. Then I was thinking it was a little bit like virtual assistant Alexa, but then it's also like when one Googles something, yep. uh, it, it combines a lot of, a lot of interesting things. Thanks. Congratulations. My mind is blown. <laughs> Blow my mind. Which leads me to a more quiet question. Mm. As you know, I ask all my guests if they've got a nonprofit or a volunteer organization that they that you would like to give a shout out to. Yeah, yeah, of course. I, I think my go-to is always a boys and girls club. I uh I've for the past few years kind of coached basketball there. Unfortunately, I had to kind of uh, skipped this past season because work got busy, but that's always one that's near and dear to the heart. Love that. Love that. Um, that's classic. I appreciate you sharing that. And thank you for spending your Friday evening with me uh, to talk on my little podcast. Appreciate it. No, of course. Thanks for, for having me as a guest. This was, this was a lot of fun. I'm always happy to nerd out. <laughs> <laughs> if you've learned even a kernel of an idea or was inspired by this episode, please consider rating and reviewing the podcast on Apple Podcast. You have been listening to the My Curious Colleague podcast with Denise Benito. Thank you for your time. Many of my curious colleagues who have been following over the past few years know that I've been trying to kind of ratchet up my health and wellness habits to feel better and stronger after successful chemo. And one of those habits I'm working on is drinking more water. And this is where Liquid IV comes in. Liquid IV is the category winning hydration brand fueling your well-being and it's their hydration multiplier that's the one product you're missing in your daily routine. What's nice about it, it's just this one stick and in it you get five essential vitamins, B3, B5, B6, B12, and vitamin C. And get this, it's two times faster hydration than water alone. So you could use it first thing in the morning, maybe before a workout, or when you're feeling run down. One of the things I love most about it is its efficiency. If anyone has seen me, I'm typically surrounded by one to two glasses of water or a big old jug of water that I sometimes forget to bring to work. And what's nice is Liquid IV is efficient. 
And the flavor that's working for me right now is their wild berry. But there's a couple new ones that are out as well that you got to try. Two times faster. And like I said, more efficiently than water alone. And it's three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks. It's made with premium ingredients. It's non-GMO and free from gluten, dairy, and soy. So this is what you're going to do. You're going to go ahead, treat yourself to 20% off and use code MyCuriousColleague at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code my curious colleague. And don't forget to use the special link in my show notes.